Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another Travel Talks episode. This is episode 30. Alex, who have we got on today? So today we've got a good friend of mine, someone I've known for about six years, and that is Zach Jalab. So Zach Jalab, for anyone who doesn't know him, is a presenter. He started out on Football Daily, but now works for Chelsea Football Club, the team he supports as well. So he's travelled a lot for his own work, and we also speak about where he's travelled uh, in his leisure as well. And that includes a really interesting story about his time growing up and actually living in Algeria due to his dad being from Algeria. That is it's a super interesting chat we got to have with him because not everybody gets a chance to grow up kind of experiencing two cultures, uh, you know, an Algerian culture, a North African culture and a UK culture. Mm. And Zach talks about that in such a great way. He's, he obviously has such fond memories about it. Mm. And I was loving hearing it and hopefully the, the listeners will too. Yeah, I was too. It's a great episode. So even if you're a football fan or even if you're not, there's something for everyone and you should really, really enjoy this one. All my mates are going to be moving to the, you know, secondary school, year seven. They're not kind of like their next step, and I'm, and I'm going to Africa. We lived near a zoo, um, <laughs> and so in the mornings you would hear a lion roar. Wow. Le- legit, this is a hundred percent promise. Yeah, you'd hear it roar, and uh, and you'd be like, oh wow, this is, this is the morning. <laughs> like we've got the alarm clock is a lion. Oh, also, what can I say that won't get me in trouble? Um, <laughs> Say that. (laughs) (laughs) I've had the chance of trying some through through my behalf set family. Like, I love shawba now. I love love, like good couscous dishes. Oh, yes! Before before I went plant-based, I was obsessed with her dad's lamb. Which is unbelievable. This is what I want to hear. Zach Jalab, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Travel Talks, mate. First of all, how are you doing? Good, thank you, mate. Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, been a long time coming. This is I've, I've seen I've seen the growth of it, and it's it's excited to be here. Thank you for having me, mate. Decent, uh, Zach. I feel like we have crossed paths in many ways over the, over the years. Yes. I'm pretty sure we played football together a few times as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think there's been several occasions, whether it was hashtag with Spencer with Wembley Cup, you name it. I think we've always been there and just like said hello like a, a quick nod or so but uh never fully maybe had had a conversation that was deserved i, w- I was a, a little bit of a, a crap ringer for um some adam bolt with diagonal view uh, football action <laughs> oh well, i think I, I think we all were a few times 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. yeah get chucked in goal for a fight uh, when you've been called about an hour beforehand exactly exactly um well thank, it's good to have you on mate um i but should we get cracking in should we kick in with it because I've got a massive question to start off for you, mate. It's, it's huge. It's how we like to do things here. 
is simply travel. How important is it to you? Oh, um, ex- extremely. Uh, I, I've been fortunate enough that obviously uh, I come from a, a decent family where I'm able to, to go traveling, where they've been able to afford to, to do that. Um, and a lot of my traveling has involved probably going to see my dad's side of the family who mm. live in Algeria. But also I've been blessed enough to be able to go to countries like France, like um, like uh, Turkey, and even for work and stuff like that, go to places like Germany and Italy. Um, and when I first got into kind of YouTube and that I, my first ever I think I probably spent my money on was going on a holiday to New York with my mates when I was like mm. 18 19 um so it's it's so important and it's like being able to see the other cultures and kind of like mm. widen your horizons and see like that oh the way that I live or the way it is in England is not like it is anywhere else in the world um it's 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 great and I'm very very fortunate that I've been able to do so Nice one, mate. So I want to take us back all the way to your childhood now. You mentioned that you travelled <laughs> as a child. What did travel as a child look like for you then? Uh, so quite often when I was younger, um, my so my, my dad is from Algeria, born born there, moved to England when he was like 24, 25. I think he'd also spent some time in France because uh, they, they speak French in Algeria. Um, and yeah, so, so often we would go to... To North Africa to kind of see my, my dad's family to say um, kind of just to spend like two weeks there out of out of um, a year and kind of see the family and and my dad's got quite a few siblings it's, I think he's got five brothers and six sisters oh wow or four brothers and five sisters so like every single day would be spent like seeing someone or seeing family that we haven't seen in about a year um and and yeah sometimes instead of maybe going to algeria that year um because maybe my dad would have gone during christmas time or around that time to go see them um we would go somewhere maybe like spain or or i think there's even been times i mean i, I count it as traveling i don't know if it's the exact same or maybe leaving the country but even like caravanning in wales and yeah, things like that where where um so many kind of like different different experiences but it's it's been there since I was I was young and I and I do recognize like it not not a lot, there are some people I talk to where they're like oh yeah I didn't I didn't go on a plane till I was like 15 16 mm-hmm. and so to be able to say like I think within the space of 6 months of being born my mum and dad had gone to like um Spain with me or something like that so mm. so I, I, it, it's so important and obviously like being able to to do that is, is brilliant so some of those trips you just talked about then, the the caravanning Wales, the Spain, the, the seeing family in Nigeria. Do you have any particular fond memories that you that kind of really stick out? Uh, you know what? It's probably because of the home video recordings. Like mm. my my nan, funny enough, had this like camp. Like it's a big big boy. It's a big boy. <laughs> like tape recording and all that kind of stuff. Um, and every now and again, my mum will get it out and she'll send me videos of it um, being recorded. And you know, it's probably those memories I remember a lot more just because you've literally got the visuals there and you're like oh yeah I kind of remember remember that mm. happening there's one there's one incident of um, when we went to Spain and I, I think I might have been like two or something uh, and, I, and I actually remember this now of um, just running around like the the kind of villa naked <laughs> it's not. It's not like the. It's not maybe a, a traditional kind of memory, but it was that. That kind of sticks in my head, and because I remember when we came home, um, and I was a bit older, and they brought it out, and all my family were around, like my cousins and that. They were like, "Oh, let's you know, let's put on the the video cameras, show the birthdays and that." And then, and then at one moment, it's just me running around naked and just <laughs> in, in front of all of my family and, and, and super embarrassed. But um, also things like the very first times I would go to Algeria. It was, it's come a long, a long way, a long way. 
but it would be things like obviously in England when you go to the toilet you would you you have a toilet in in Algeria at the, at the first times I went it there wasn't that it would be mm. legitimately a not a hole in the ground so you, like you cover it with dirt it's it's a bit bit better than that but essentially a hole in the ground mm. um where you would kind of to do your business squat over uh, and you'd have a bucket to kind of flush it with it was not not so glamorous put it, put it that way but um there there definitely memories where I'm kind of like wow uh, seeing that and seeing how nowadays it's very much there are toilets everywhere there but um my my, my Algerian family aren't necessarily financially that that well off and so like it's it's quite yeah it's something that sticks in my mind where i'm just like wow like toilets aren't actually a necessity yeah like we are lucky to have them mm. yeah you mentioned algeria there i'd like to talk more about that if we could um you, you said your dad's algerian you told me before mm. we started this interview that you spent six months living in algeria as well when you were in year six what was that like yeah so um for a long time i think my my dad had kind of he'd always thought i think his plan was to go home eventually mm. right start a family and then to to go home um and the difficulty with it is i i can read arabic i cannot speak it to save my life mm. i don't know what i'm reading um and so language barriers are pretty hard so when i was yeah year 6 i think it's like what 11 12 years old uh, around the time of doing like your first exams um whether they mean much i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah, I remember my my parents were like, okay, we're we're going to move to Algeria, um, and as as an eleven year old, you, you're thinking like, oh my god, like my friends, my mm. football team, my school, like uh, all my mates are going to be moving to the, you know secondary school year seven. They're not kind of like their next step, and I'm and I'm going to Africa, um, kind of the reverse uh, Mean Girls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, long story short, we got we got there. I remember instead of because we were taking a lot of stuff from England over from our house to to Algeria, they'd because my dad had actually spent a lot of time uh, when he was in England generating money to build a house there for us because it, it, it is quite it was quite cheap to do so at that time. Uh, and so the house was like I don't know seventy percent done, and then they decided okay before I move into secondary school probably now's the best time rather than if he was in secondary school mm. um so so we moved there we, we drove by car i remember we got a boat over um from the, over the mediterranean sea and that's meant to take a day um and one of the engines broke so it took about nearly three oh, wow. um, and i remember thinking wow this is this is gonna be awful because before that as well um when we were driving through france we were getting to our get, trying to get to our boat on time and uh um, one of the tires popped and i was like <laughs> what is th- what's that this is a sign. This is a sign that this shouldn't happen. We should not be going there. Um, and so, long story. Yeah, we get, we get there. And um, if I'm being dead honest, right? Like we tried. So my my dad would. We, I think one of my my dad will say it that he he wishes he maybe had when growing up spoke to me in Arabic and French and let my mum speak to me in English. Like if if you're going to learn languages, that's a pretty good way to do so. Mm. Um, and so, I, as I said, I didn't really know Arabic that well. So we would kind of spend classes during the summer um, of, of trying to learn Arabic. And it's tricky, <laughs> especially when you're... I think when you get older, you realise like how good languages are, like being able to know them. Like I've spoken to... Um, like Timsey is, is another presenter mm. on YouTube. He's great with them, knows so many languages, has opened up so many doors for him. Um, and even now, like I look at it and go, I wish I'd learned French mm. and Arabic. But, but when you're 12 years old 
or, or younger and your dad or whoever's going oh let's go learn some Arabic let's go to this lesson to teach and you're just like I've just come out of school yeah. like I don't want to go learn Arabic I, I want to go watch T- CBBC play football with my <laughs> mates in the park like you don't want to you don't want to do that so so it was hard I think for, for me my brothers and my mum my mum knows some Arabic because she, she definitely tried she's, she's English born in um, uh, Hayes I think uh, West London but it kind of felt like we were. It kind of felt at times like we were the only people that we knew in Algeria, and mainly because it was so that knew English. Mm. And so I think it was quite. I think it was quite hard, or like hard to communicate because the only people we were communicating with were, were each other, and so it it was difficult. Um, I remember I spent a lot of my time if I wasn't kind of learning Arabic, playing RuneScape. <laughs> if people remember what game that is, yeah. um, and so I think after about six months and my mum and dad just kind of had a discussion where they were like okay like we've tried it it's probably going to be a lot harder than than we may have thought and eventually kind of um decided to make the decision to move back to our back to england because i think on their minds as well was if we'd say tried another two more years or so for me maybe academically going back to to england i was already say a few months four four months or so behind everyone else that had been um at uh, my secondary school um you know if we if we'd waited even longer maybe i'd drop off even more so um i mean i was still doing classes but there's a difference between kind of workbooks mm. and actually being in school um so so yeah it's it's definitely something i look back on and think I don't. I don't look back on it and think of it in a bad sense. Like it's. It's definitely a cool experience. I mean, I, I lived. I literally lived in another country, and it gives you a different. It gives you a different kind of view to when you might go on holiday somewhere. Because because maybe when you go on holiday, you always think, okay, I'm going back. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to England. Mm. Um, whereas when you, in that situation, it was this is my home now. This is um, where I am, and it, and it was it was weird. Like it will make it sound like I was in part of. Um, uh, the jungle book but I mean like it would be literally we, we lived near a zoo um, and so in the mornings you would hear a lion roar wow. Le- legit this is 100% wow. I promise you yeah, you'd hear it roar and uh, and you'd be like oh wow this is this is the morning now like if we've got the alarm clock is a lion um, <laughs> it literally sounds like something out of a Disney film um, but yeah it's it, it's something that I I understand I understand especially maybe from my dad's point of view like he and even now so it's during covid like he's not seen his family in in two years and so to be able to kind of at least try it and 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 test to see whether it was a a viable viable option um i I understand why they did it and and it's definitely something that i'm i'm happy that i've I've experienced for sure that's that's really interesting to hear um also i kind of want to follow on from that because uh so interestingly actually kind of parallel to that so my uh girlfriend's dad is algerian Oh, okay. So um, I sort of understand that there are a certain degree of like cultural differences within a childhood, you know, in the UK and Algeria and kind of the, uh, the adaptions you have to make, like what you talked about. So I'm curious, what experience did you have that, like growing up in the UK with an Algerian father? How did that, those cultural differences kind of present themselves to you? It, it it wasn't too bad. It it wasn't too bad. Like um, obviously, for people that like Algeria is very much a, a Muslim country. So my dad was kind of was raised off of um, Muslim beliefs, um, but I wouldn't say he was like strict towards it. Like I'm I'm sure there are parents that are kind of like 
do not do anything. Like this is this is it. Uh, he 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 wasn't wasn't that bad, especially when 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 I say bad, it's, it's not a negative thing to be honest. Um, but he wasn't at, as strict. I think maybe is the word I would use. Like I would I would be able to go to like parties or things like that, whereas maybe in other instances it wouldn't wouldn't be the case. It's weird. Like I think of it, but I think what's weird is I just view it as my childhood so i don't mm. necessarily think i don't necessarily know what the difference would have been if that makes sense yeah like i don't know that say like a, a, a british family like maybe they did something that my dad or my family wouldn't have done but um because because even even growing up like we celebrated christmas but we also celebrated eid and like we did kind of we kind of did it all if that mm. makes sense because um, my mum's side is 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 english and and born here um so i kind of had a nice mix and i think that's what also I really do like is that I've seen all sides, right? Like I, I've seen all sides of of kind of the the religion side of it and and the and the cultural side of it and kind of can make my own opinions mm. as an adult. And I'm not kind of like tunnel visioned onto one thing and one thing only. Um, and and can see sides of like when there are arguments for and against certain things. Where I'm like, okay, like I've I understand where they're coming from, or like, you know, I've even experienced that. And it's definitely like, as I said, I said it earlier, like widened my horizons for sure. I wouldn't say like I've missed out on anything, or because mm. even things like like prom, like I went, maybe a certain family wouldn't let their child go. To, like my my mum and dad did let me go, and it was they were they were pretty open to kind of like just letting me have a a life that I wanted to to have. Really, it wasn't too too like strict upon things. I think one thing he he did want is to is to learn Arabic, <laughs> but um, that, that didn't happen sadly. <laughs> That's really interesting. Um, Okay, it, it sounds very similar actually to to my girlfriend, but um, yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I was going to ask you, but before we move away from Algeria, what what mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on it as a as a country in general? Because it's like, a lot of people don't know it is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in Africa, right? Yeah, so I think I think like sixty percent or more is is the Sahara, uh, and where mm. my dad was born was literally in the Sahara. Um, he eventually moved like kind of near where the, the capital is, Algiers, in a place called Wotheraman. As I said earlier, like I've, I've seen it grow massively. Like when I first used to go there, as I said, the toilet situation, cars were like r- a real rare thing. Like you'd ever t- anytime you went on the motorway, there would never be a traffic jam or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I didn't go to Algeria for like two years. Came back and oh my god. Yeah. cars everywhere traffic everywhere and it was like it developed so much so quickly um but it, it's it really it's never gonna be or i don't know you get into it political wise maybe but um I, it will never be maybe the the level of morocco right people look at morocco as a, as a tourist destination mm. i don't see algeria having that unless like financially stuff changed there and politically stuff changed there but it's still a really really beautiful places like there's so many there's so many like different areas like you can go to somewhere where it has mountains that's got snow or you can go somewhere that's next to the sahara and, and has um sand dunes i think they're called dune, mm-hmm. dune? yeah the, whatever the word is and, and it's like got such a or you can go to algiers and it's like being in paris the way the roads are built the way the shops are the malls are so it kind of it does feel like at times you're in paris and so there's so many like different levels to it and it, and it really is a beautiful country and even eventually if i ever have a, hopefully uh, when i have a family and that i i will love to take them there mm. um with my dad to to translate mm-hmm. for me <laughs> unless you know who, who knows maybe my wife knows arabic or french but um yeah it's it's somewhere which i i remember i remember someone asked me like oh i was actually thinking about going to algeria and i was like if you are expecting like a touristy holiday, you're not going to be happy. Mm. But if you're actually going somewhere to kind of like see another side of the world and stuff like that, it's 
it's a brilliant place to go to. And I think um, especially the way they love football as well. Like if you're a football fan and you kind of go there during like a World Cup or something, the Algeria or African Cup of Nations mm. um, that they've qualified for, oh, like I wish when, when Algeria won the African Cup of Nations, I wish I was there. I was mm. in... I was in um, Oxford Circus and, and walked down to Trafalgar Square which is where all the Algerians just met up and were celebrating mm. and that that was incredible so to imagine what that would have been like in the country um, would would have been insane but yeah it's it's definitely got better it's, it's grown it's grown massively I would let I, would, I wouldn't say now like maybe when I first went there I would say it's quite a third world country now I would say it's definitely definitely improved on that it's funny that you say about the football thing just quickly because uh, my girlfriend's dad always asks about Algerian players that play for West Ham like how they get <laughs> <laughs> doesn't care about the club <laughs> Algerians don't really support a club they support the players uh, or especially in the Premier League it's like how how uh, yeah when Faguli was there or when um, uh, how Riyad Mahrez is doing um, you've also got I can't, I've literally Rama. forgotten his name Ben Rama yeah so many different players that are like Slomani when he was at Leicester mm. um, there's so many different players that they really do like love seeing them do well like Riyad Mahrez it's crazy like when I when I went there when I was younger Zidane was everywhere he was on the face of everything because obviously his parents are Algerian um, he was born in France I think it's the same with Mbappe I think Mbappe's mum's Algerian if you actually look into it like the Algerian squad or the players that could have played for them ridiculous <laughs> like, ridiculous Benzema's up front loads of great players uh, and to be fair the actual squad coming through now now is really good hence why they won the African combinations but yeah like it was all Zidane Zidane everywhere on every billboard every advert now if you go it's Mares. Mares is Riyad Mahrez is mm. everywhere on all the billboards and they're, they're, they're so like they have such a deep-rooted love for football like my my dad himself so my, he um, he was a, a very talented footballer he basically I don't know, they have the um, national service over there uh, so if you don't go to school or uni then you, you join uh, the army or, or marines or the air, air force or whatever it's called uh, for like two three years and so my, my dad joined the marines and um, what they do there as well is have football teams so the marines play the uh, air force who like as a little tournament kind of thing um and my dad he must have been what 21 if that had been scouted whilst there um whilst playing for the marines kind of tournament um and and his career kind of he then basically got got a club offer from a place in France, moved to France. That's when he spent his time in France um, playing football. I don't think it was Ligue 1 or 2. I think it was the third division. Mm. Um, but he was like a young, like he apparently, I've seen him play football. He was very, very good. But yeah, I've got, I've got pictures of it as well that I can, that I can show you <laughs> where he looks uh, pretty dapper in it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, he, he played and then unfortunately got an injury um, and then after that injury is when he actually moved to England and, and, and met my mum thankfully I mean who knows I, I couldn't even be here if it wasn't for an injury so thank <laughs> you to whoever did the injury um, but uh, yeah it's it's such a it's such a it's such a football obsessed country they they love it and, and no one wants to be a defender either everyone mm. wants to be like, it's all about nutmegs it's all about like skills and, and playing on the streets and like cage football no one wants to be a defender it's, it's all about um, being an attacker and having the glory which you, you notice is a common trait within Algerians <laughs> you mentioned there about moving to the UK and of course I know Zach you live in Crawley Crawley of course underneath the flight path for Gatwick I wonder Indeed. as a child seeing flights take off all the time did that make you dream about travelling? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that specifically. I think it definitely had me think where I was like, oh, I was, I was always like, where's that plane going to? I think the thing that really made me think about it was um, working at Gatwick. Okay. So when I was, like, I, I now live in um, uh, 
Burn Hill, like South London. But um, yeah, I, I've lived in Crawley basically. I, I, I travelled, I, I moved around in England, but I've spent the majority of my time in Crawley. Um, but when I uh, got my kind of first job, I got did paper rounds up. My first like proper job at W H Smith. Um, at the airport, it was like a ridiculous shift. I was like, started at 2 a.m. or like 3 a.m., oh. finished at 1 p.m. Um, and I basically, for a majority of my time, spent, you know, just before you get on the plane, there's like those little kiosk shops mm. where yeah. you, like the last, like you can get a newspaper, a drink or something before before you jump on the plane. I worked in that one. And it's weird because since um, when me and Joe Tomlinson uh, went to Milan for FD, mm. um, we passed that shop and I was like wow this is this is weird because um, I was like this is when I used to think I was like I, I always say oh, they always think like the thing you'd say is that oh like where are you going and all this kind of stuff and I talk to them and they'd be like yeah I'm going to LA I'm going to Italy I'm going to Germany like mm. all these like cool, all cool places um, and you're like a 16 year old just sitting there going nice like enjoy <laughs> like, I hope you have a good time and all that kind of stuff just thinking about like I can't wait to get into a position when I, when I can travel and do that kind of stuff and 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 that was a uh, that was that all that used to make me probably every day I was there I probably thought about like oh I can't wait to go to this country and just thought about so many different countries and and, and if I wasn't like reading the newspaper at the same time or on my phone whilst whilst waiting <laughs> for customers uh, it was probably yeah thinking about where I, where I could fly to eventually. Love that that's amazing. Um, so you talked about moving or being in London. What made that move come about? So I'd got to a point with FD. Uh, where I was, I probably, I'm probably not actually financially stable to move, mm-hmm. but I had basically been travelling from Crawley to Oxford Circus every day um, for a long majority of the time. Like I don't know. If, long story short, I basically got into football daily through a work experience. Um, I'd wanted to do YouTube since I was like 14, 15, and, and, and sent like the CEO of the company an email um, and. and Managed to get work experience that way, and eventually, when when I got a jo- when I got a job um, and with the money that I was on, I I it was ge- it was getting really tough, especially in the winter times, like to keep travelling, to keep doing the kind of especially with the way southern trains were. Oh my god, like it should be it should be an hour and a half journey, but at times it would be two and a half, three hours, and then there'd be so many times you'd be on the train, it's delayed, or it'd get halfway between a, a station, then just stop for half an hour. And it was driving me insane. I was mm. just like, look, I, it was, it, I, I, I kind of leveled out. I was like, sure, quality. I even need my quality of life to to get better, but that will maybe mean my financial state isn't as good, or my financial state can get better, but my quality of life um, isn't as good. And I was like, look, at the end of the day, money comes, money goes, but like, I, I want to have it at least, at least enjoy myself and have a decent time. Um, and that's when, uh, yeah, I managed to convince Kieran um, to to move in with me and another boy who works at FD. And we did, we moved in like back in like the t- later that year, yeah, later that year in like November time, I think, or October. But uh, yeah, still one of the best decisions I ever made, honestly. Amazing. What do you love most then about living in London? Oh man, I think to a degree it's probably, it's probably like, I never went uni. I never done like I, I joined FD when I was eighteen, mm. um, and so. I'd never done the experience of like living by yourself, living without your parents, and so I kind of just jumped in the deep end and, and moved out when I was when I was nineteen, and so that that part of it I think made me mature quite quickly to a degree uh, in terms of like making sure I knew how to make meals, like washing my own clothes, ironing, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, I say ironing, I barely do it now, um, <laughs> but like just kind of growing up a little bit, that kind of side of it, but also then the the like 
beauty of living in such a city, and not just like a city, probably one of the biggest in the world, um, with, with London, having access to to kind of go and do stuff after work or go and do stuff on a weekend. It's not just like go to the cinema or, mm. or go do bowling. Like it'd be so much like there's so much more to it. And and with 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 the way football daily and like opportunities and stuff like that that we got where you'd go and get invited to a, to a game or go to an event or whatever to then be able to like not have to worry about getting the last train home or or like having to maybe get a taxi that could, that's going to cost you maybe 80 quid mm. and stuff like that um it, it's just opened up so many more avenues for me um and just maybe I, I just think it also just let me kind of develop in myself like I was then able to to kind of find my my feet and and there were definitely days where one hundred percent days where like I was praying for the for the for the twenty seventh when I got paid um, <laughs> because it'd be like oh I'm gonna have to survive off some some old food or like pasta or, or gone off bread not gone off bread Jesus. <laughs> but like uh, like that that kind of yeah. degree where it's like oh I've got to be careful what I'm spending um, here but I I really wouldn't change it I wouldn't change it at all just like, it allowed allowed me to be so much develop a lot more quicker or at least develop to a degree that I probably wouldn't have without so there's a lot of people that say that London is one of the best cities in the world and they rank it really highly in terms of like best cities do you rank it as high do you, do you buy into that uh for living in 100% 100% I, I don't think I could maybe give it the the same degree as maybe being a tourist just because I've never like when I was younger me and my mates would get on the train to go up to London it was always this big thing and, and that was always good fun but like I've been to I've been to, been to New York and that was like incredible. Oh my god, New York! And I wasn't even, wasn't even twenty one there, so didn't even get to experience that the other side of it, I guess. Because I've seen you've seen so many films, right? Of like New York and LA. I've never been to LA yet, mm. um, but it was just so so cool and like the America. Growing up in England, right? You got you kind of get this perception that America is so cool and that it's like. The way the ma- the movies make it look is like, uh, like it's, it's a great thing, like Central Park and all these kind of like big names, Times Square. Like mm. I remember literally being our hotel was like a fifteen second walk from Times Square. It was it was so yeah, yeah. so close. For me, I would probably put New York just uh, at the top. But then if I ever, if I think about like living in New York, I'm a bit more like maybe maybe not so much because I think London probably has that perfect balance of if you lived here it's amazing but also if you came here as a tourist it's really really good as well mm. um, whereas I don't know whether New York would quite have the same feeling if I lived there but uh, it, it's very much between those two and yeah. I, I've not maybe been to other cities uh, enough like I, I went to be fair I went to Milan that was really really nice but I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't say it beats New York or London and and Rome is also really good too but that was probably more of the experience of of watching a, a football game in in the um in Rome stadium that I'm forgetting the name of it's like Olympic Olympico yeah. or something like that and and Chelsea lost 3-0 uh, which was <laughs> <laughs> really really that was that was a nuts experience in itself like like Chelsea took me out there and I was on the same plane as the players and it was this weird thing that like Conte shook my hand as he walked past wow. and I'm just like this like kid just like oh my god what's happening uh, I'm, I'm here to do an Instagram story oh my god <laughs> um, uh, and so yeah like there's some pretty there's some pretty cool places and I'd like to go back to them as well the one thing that like um as I said, like it's been amazing doing stuff with uh, going and travelling with FD, um, whether it's Paris or Germany or stuff like this. But it's always only been for twenty four hours, mm. or, or at least the ones that I've ever been on. Um, it's always only been for twenty four hours, and so I've never really got to like properly experience it. So I'd love to go back to like um, Milan for sure, Munich. I want to go back to 
uh, really badly too. Like, I've been to Paris actually a couple of times, um, and that's a beautiful city, and I'd always always like going back there. I think Joe, I think Joe Tomlinson would probably <laughs> uh, argue with that. But yeah, like uh, I. I I probably need to experience it a little bit more than just 24 hours because because uh, it's so rushed. It's like try a pizza, try a bit of ice cream, <laughs> and, uh, get to a football game, try a drink, and then and then you're back on the plane before you know it. Um, so yeah, I probably need to experience a bit more. But I think New York probably edges it just, but London's probably right next to it. Nice one, mate. You're touching it there about your work that you do with Football Daily in Chelsea, and obviously that puts you in the position where you can travel and explore the world through work. Where is the best place you would say that you've been through work? Ooh, um, I reckon the boys probably have a better story because a couple, sometimes like they'd they'd go and they'd been to trips to India yeah. and to and to Moscow and and whilst they say this, I'm back in the office holding down <laughs> holding down the fort, making sure that we're getting videos out and all that kind of stuff. But still, like, I have been extremely extremely lucky, and I would probably say Rome. I enjoyed Rome so much, mm. even though it, it was for 24 hours. But like I kind of went sightseeing. I was basically by myself as well. Like I think I'd met one of the brand people for for Carabao, um, and I, and I was kind of just went on a, a sightseeing tour with myself and and this woman, and then I think someone from one of the newspapers. Again, I've not spoken yeah. to since. Literally, like knew, knew them for twenty four hours. That was it, and it was it was so cool. And I can't wait to go back there. I also think Munich was pretty cool. Munich was pretty mm. cool, but that. I didn't really see Munich itself and I know that there's so much more to it but I saw like part of it was we spent um, it was actually this really cool project where it was with Allianz and they took us out there to um, they, they basically bring uh, kids from all around the world down to buy Munich and, and let them play football see these facilities and try all this stuff out and we'd come down I think to make a video with Thomas Muller and promote this uh, thing that they do and we, we did it but it's this cool experience where you, like, you're going round uh, we, we saw them play by a Leverkusen, a great game, brilliant stadium. The fans were unbelievable. And then the next day we went to their training ground, watched them train. Um, their facilities are incredible. Mm. Uh, and then afterwards did an interview with Thomas Muller. Um, so I think I, w- I probably want to see Munich a lot as well because I literally only experienced like the Bayern Munich yeah. uh, part of it rather than the actual city itself. So, so yeah, I'd say maybe Rome, but yeah, I, I, I do want to go to Munich as well. For sure. But I've got a question I want to ask you, but before, I want to know what Thomas Muller's like, because he's a player that I always oh. imagined if I was pro, I'd be Muller. Oh, mate, he's so good. He, he He's English, for once, incredible, so so he's, he's having a, he has a lot of laughs with you. Um, always, he's, or at least when we were there, he seemed down to do whatever he wanted to do. Uh, that maybe, you know, there's some players that don't necessarily want to do certain things. Um, and he was just like, just like a happy-go-lucky guy. He was like, I think he's one of those people that realise the position that they're in and, and, don't there are some people that when it comes to media or, or shooting you sometimes especially when it's like shooting youtube videos mm. um i think it's got actually that's actually got a lot better nowadays especially with the young footballers that are coming through but when it's like when they hear oh it's a youtube video they're like oh okay whatever um, whereas he was all down for it like making jokes and, and kind of like calling us out on some of our some of our questions i think i can't quite remember but i think we did a little quiz thing as well where he was like uh he, he, he basically like said that that was definitely wrong one of the questions and like but in a funny way like, I didn't get annoyed about it but it was like I promise you that's wrong and all that kind of <laughs> stuff but he yeah he he was really really good uh, and when we, when we watched him train as well oh my lord what an athlete like even in training those sessions there I think it was around the time when like Renato Sanchez was there as well and so, like watching those boys and, uh, uh, train was like incredible too but he's a yeah a top top guy and I'm just happy we beat them in the 2012 Champions League final 
around. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So one last question on football before we move on to talk about other areas of travel. If you had to build a football bucket list, what would sit right at the top for you? Oh, right at the top. I, I think it's harsh because I haven't experienced them all. Like I would love, love to go to um, a Boca Juniors River Plate game. Mm. Love to do that. That would look incredible. Um, again, like I, I want to. I have no. I know you've been to to Dortmund, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably say then. River Plate, River Plate Boca would be incredible. Yeah. Um, just to go to South America as well, I'm really interested in. I'd love to go there. Um, I remember one of the places I've always wanted to go to is Cuba for sure. Um, but yeah, that I've seen so many videos and so many like cool, like when the game starts and all that, where the fans like throw over these kind of things and like, confetti and all that kind of stuff. It looks, it looks so good. It looks so good. And, and to be honest, most most kind of like derby days are, are, are always good fun. Even, even I mean, Inter Milan versus AC Milan, when the fans are back there, is going to be great and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'd probably say Boca River. But um, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take any Derby day out of, outside of England. <laughs> Having been outside Boca Stadium before on a non-game day and soaked up the vibe, I can't even imagine what it must be like <laughs> on a Derby day. Oh, oh my god! Just, just, it, you know what? Oh, maybe even a a World Cup final wouldn't be too bad. Oh yeah, to be yeah. Fair. yeah. World Cup final would not be too bad. Or oh my god, imagine the scenes of when it was Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid in the Champions League final. Something like that, would, like those kind of one-in-a-lifetime moments, that, they'd be incredible too. For sure. All right, so... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So moving it nicely away from football, uh, onto kind of more the wider topic of travel. Favorite city in the world. Is it one you've already mentioned, New York, or is there something you haven't talked about yet? I think it's New York, yeah. I still really want to go to, like, I, don't, I was going to say, like, I really want to go to, like, Perth, um, okay. which I think may may beat it. Uh, and LA. I think LA could beat it if I go there, just because that is literally, like, TV central. Uh, <laughs> that's all we've, all we've ever seen growing up. But also, like, I really want to, I really want to try going to, like, the kind of, eastern side of the world like I really want to try um, and visit Asia eventually and there's like a whole plan in my head that one day I'll get to a point where I can kind of like travel a bit and spend a bit of time just literally traveling and, and seeing all these places but but right now at the place I've been to yeah New York for sure lovely stuff and if you had to talk about a particular memory from your trip in New York something which you did which maybe you could recommend for other people to get involved with too what would you say oh also what can I say that won't get me in trouble <laughs> um, say that <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah we tried the. let's just say we tried the under 21 card a few times um, <laughs> that, that, that was fun you know what like part, honest to god one of the things that I enjoyed so much about it was just walking everywhere so like we were there for, for five or six days and we didn't get the metro until the last day when we had to, to go mm-hmm. um, uh, somewhere quickly because uh, it was so cool to like and I think it would be the same in London, actually, if, you, if you've never been, if you don't live in London or never been to London, just like walking everywhere and like going around Central Park was really cool. We rented some bikes and like rode around Central Park and I didn't realise it was as big as it was. <laughs> I was expecting like uh, a kind of Brit- a London park or something. It was a lot bigger <laughs> than that, um, that's for sure. You sound like a traveller that likes doing lots of different sort of cultural things in, in like maybe a city. For sure. So- is that fair to say? Are you a city guy as opposed to a sun lounger or a, a mountain trailer? I I get bored really easily. Like I, I I have I wouldn't say my attention span isn't good, but I get bored like if I'm not doing something that's that's keeping my attention. Mm. Like I, I I find it's like during lockdown at times like oh my god when I'm just like sitting there watching TV I'm just like what I can't be bothered I can't mm. bother doing this. Like, I like being out and about it's one of the best things about doing stuff on, on YouTube right you're constantly doing stuff um, whether it's editing another video or getting ready to shoot another video preparing for another video all that kind of stuff um, and I've always been someone that gets bored super easily that's not to say I wouldn't necessarily like enjoy it it's just maybe not the thing that would be on top of my list I, I, I actually reckon I'd probably be quite surprised if I went like hiking and backpacking up a mountain and stuff like that but I, I find that with the way that I am personally I would probably put do first like do this kind of like activities and stuff like that rather than maybe um, I was going to say the boring stuff it's not the boring <laughs> stuff but like in the way my like head's programmed and stuff like that is maybe how I consider that so talking about food and drink now, yes. I'm particularly interested to hear your thoughts on this, knowing you've kind of got like a, a split cultural upbringing. Sure. First of all, would you consider yourself a foodie? 
Like I'm a bit fussy. I, 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 weirdly, as I've got older, I've become a lot more fussier. I was nowhere near this fussy when I was younger. Um, whereas nowadays, I kind of know what I like, mm. and, and, and and I, I, was, I always happily try something. But if I don't like it, I will never touch it again. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is which, like for instance, and, and when I mean fussy, it's things like I don't like fish apart from tuna. Mm. All fish apart from tuna. I'm not a big fan of chips. Like things like this, where it's weird. It's like weird, wow. it's weirdly fussy. It's weirdly fussy. But as I said, like, I will always try something, and 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 if I like it, then I'll continue to have it. If I don't like it, then I'll try it again in ten years. Still don't like it. Twenty years later, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's weird stuff. Even stuff like like rice, which like my dad will hate to hear, but I hate like boiled white rice. Mm. If it's got flavour to it, love it. If it's just boiled white rice, can't stand it. <laughs> Cannot stand it. All right, let's talk about food then in a kind of situation of countries. Where do your sure. favourite cuisines come from? And in particular, which country? Italy was great. Italy was fantastic. Everything about it, the food was never under a, never under an eight. Always unbelievable. Um, tried like the, the kind of traditional Italian things as well. And, and I will say like we... When, every time I've been there, I've also been lucky enough to kind of uh, go with a PR company, so I'm not paying for anything. <laughs> and it's always been at like a very, very high top restaurant. Like, first time I had caviar was in was in um, in in uh, Rome, and, and I don't like caviar. I'll tell you that for nothing. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it was like a caviar risotto. <laughs> like the risotto, to be fair, risotto was nice. Yeah. First time I've ever had that, and uh, but the caviar was not good. But every it, Italy's food was was great. But I would also say as well. North African food is is good fun as well. Like mm. very kind of meaty and and the the mixes they do with things like is is fantastic. Sometimes it's very kind of like eat with your hands as well, mm. which is something I don't know why, but something I quite like. Like I, I'm a big fan of kind of like a chicken, like a drumstick and ripping it off and, and mm. that kind of stuff. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say Italian food, but then like. Second, or not by far, North African food for sure. I was going to ask you about that because I've had the chance of trying some through through my behalf set family. Like, I love shawarma now. Oh, I love, I love like good couscous dishes. <laughs> oh and yes! Before before I went plant based, I was obsessed with her dad's lamb. Oh, which is just this is what I want to hear. <laughs> so oh. so yeah, tell tell me about that. Like, what was your Mate, what was your experience of that? Couscous is unbelievable stuff um oh i i can't i can't put into words that so that is like better than rice for me every day of the week but it's it's got to be done right like i find sometimes if you buy a couscous packet from tesco not good but then like when i when my like mum because my mum bless her is also she like learned a lot from my like um dad's side of the family and like how to make stuff and so she makes some really, really good stuff, uh, kind of like North African food. And so, like even, but even my, my dad's family when we're there, it's it's so good um, that it, it it's hard to describe because it's it's very much like it. So it would be like couscous and then a a broth of kind of like chicken, but along with like carrots, potato, um, mm. so much seasoning. And and it would once it all comes together, it's so good. I mean, you, you did you mention? Did you say um, shawarma? Oh my god! Like that's the thing, especially when they do Ramadan, right? Or at least the way my family have always done it. They would kind of, uh, especially in Algeria, they would like 
the first thing they would break their fast with would be this um, shoulder, which is kind of like a soup, essentially. Um, but it would be easy to go down, and uh, it's just got so many so many different levels to it. Of it start, it, you can get it kind of thin, you can get it kind of thick. The way you use bread with it, like they're massive fans of of uh, baguettes over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they kind of because it, it's very much like um, I would say, at least the way my family did it in Algeria. Everything can be eaten with a baguette. So you would you would take your baguette and kind of like cut it in half and then grab it and then eat it like that. It, it, that's the way it was kind of done. You can kind of tell it, it takes it takes a while like to, to kind of cook this stuff. It's not something that just takes ten minutes mm. um, and it's done in a pot or a pan. It takes you know an hour or two to to get done. There's a few others. I'm trying to think. Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a rushta. It's called rushta. It's like this kind of noodles, but not necessarily noodles. A bit more thin, and that is, ah, oh, great, fantastic food. Um, yeah, very. I would say very starchy Algerian food. <laughs> very starchy, but uh, no, very, very good. Ah, oh, just so you can tell a lot of love's been put into it when it's made. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the love, and also I, I found in in North African countries in general, they they're big feeders. <laughs> like, sure. if, if you go around someone's house prepare to be very full up <laughs> oh my <laughs> god yeah. and always ends always ends with tea yeah. <laughs> always ends with tea and I hate tea but I'd always I'd have to drink it there when I was uh, when, my, when my family had made it and like nuts like dessert would be like nuts and tea or at least that's how they do it uh, where, where I was it was, it was good fun nice mate let's move on to a question which I always enjoy asking and that is what is the holiday that means the most to you I think it's weird. I've not been on a lot of holidays without my family, so that's that's the uh, that's the thing. Because I think we're we're all you know honest here. Fam- trips with your family compared to with your mates are <laughs> very different, very different, very very different. Um, and so I and this is no offence to my family, but like I probably enjoy the trips with my mates and that uh, 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 more. I, I love being with my family and spending time with them, mm. but like my mum, like my mum, nan, like their dad, they like holidays to be relaxing. They will happily sit by the pool mm. for hours and that's it. Whereas I, as I said earlier, get very bored. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I start losing my mind. So when I'm with my mates and like we'll, we'll just go about for hours and, and go about doing stuff and kind of having a decent like a day and night and just kind of being active, that's my perfect ones. Mm. Um, but I've also like I really really eventually one day want to go like on a skiing trip and stuff like that because that's something I've always dreamt of doing I've never had the opportunity to do that yet so so that would be good fun and, and again I've never never been on a safari never been on like um the I've even thought at times I remember when I was 16 17 there was like a, a camp kind of like a camp trip I think you could apply to kind of go to America and be like one of the camp leaders for these these kids that come and spend like the holidays holidays there which was something that I was quite interested in when I when I was younger um but but never did so again like kind of earlier maybe the answer would change but at the moment just anything with my mates I'm happy lovely stuff and I could definitely relate to that as well I want to turn it on its head now and away from the positive angle of travel because obviously travel whilst it's amazing and opens up so many different doors can be awful as well so is there oh, yeah. a place in the world which you would never go back to I think, thankfully, I've not had too bad a time wherever I've gone. Nowhere yet has made me think um, I can't go back there. Like even even when I've gone to Wales, like good fun when I was a kid. 
Um, went to Scotland to shoot Celtic. Like, ah, uh, no, we'll say Scotland. Um, no. I, no. I, 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 but it's not because of the place. It's more the incident that happened there. So we were shooting with um, Celtic. Great fun. Maybe a year or, or so ago, um, Timothy Ware was uh, George Ware's son was playing for them on loan. We shot a video with with him and a few of the other guys there, um, and it was basically them putting me through my paces. But yeah, I remember literally, <laughs> literally beforehand, I uh, before we started filming, I twisted my ankle. So I in, in like warming up, and so like base when I was like 15, 14, I'd once jumped up for a header in football training, and then landed on my ankle like on the side of it. So like I'd, uh, I'd done it, and so it's, it's kind of it's muscle there is quite weak now. So if I ever roll my ankle, I'm out for about two weeks, and just balloons. <laughs> and so I'd in the warm up, literally when we were kind of explaining to uh, to Timothy Ware and all the others. Um, what we were going to do like we're going to cross the ball we need you to cross the ball in here we need you to do this kind of stuff <laughs> that's when I, when we were literally showing them that's when I'd done my ankle <laughs> and I was like oh my god this is in so much pain got through it for adrenaline and then literally once the shoot finished we went then to go film the interview and I, I remember just thinking I can't, I can't stand on my left foot I cannot stand on my left foot. Um, and so for the rest of that day, I was like hobbling about and I was like, I actually need crutches, lads. Didn't get any. Um, and so I wouldn't blame Scotland for that, but that's probably my worst memory of being on a trip um, for, for, for it. It yeah, was, wasn't uh, pleasant. Yeah, Saunders won't be happy with you. He is a massive advocate for Scotland. and I, I, I am too. I love everything about like this Celtic training ground. Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's the most beautiful training ground I've ever been to. Like it's up in the mountains. It's got such good sights. Like mm. with the clouds, you know, you see the clouds quite near you. But I, I, I'll happily go back to Scotland and, and create a new memory. I just remember being in pain and hobbling down like Glasgow <laughs> streets, trying to get to uh, trying to get to like somewhere to have a drink and some food, and just being in pain. I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk about bucket list dreams and destinations now you spoke about it from a football angle and where you would like to go to watch football but let's take it more in a broad travel sense now bucket list dreams first of all do you have a bucket list and secondly what would top it if you do i i don't have a bucket list but i but i think i have one just in my mind i've never written one down Mm, or whatever but i know there are several countries that i'd like to go to i mentioned earlier cuba as i said always been obsessed with cuba always wanted to go there um I just culture and there's actually several places in South like, I'd like to do a little tour of South America um, like I think Brazil is a fascinating place um, Argentina as well um, and even places like, like Mexico I, I kind of think maybe maybe the obsession with Cuba came a little bit from Florida um, mm-hmm. and watching the Fast and Furious films all the time like, it's my favourite franchise and, and, I've, and also, as I said LA I really want to go to so that kind of side of the world is, is definitely I'd be interested in kind of going back to and, and visiting but yeah, Asia I'm really interested in. And I don't really have a specific country that I want to go to because th- th- there are so many as well. Um, but I really like, it's the cultural side of that that I think is so, so interesting. And I think when I was younger, I definitely didn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. I think when I was younger, I was, I was very much like America, 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 mm-hmm. like, or, or, or somewhere in Europe, like those are the countries. Um, and then as I've got older, I've kind of like seen maybe films or documentaries where I've been like, oh, like that would be, really really interesting to go to like India I remember the guys um, 
uh, shot something for Football Daily there, and I was a little bit jealous that I, I didn't get to go, and, and like that was that was like really really cool, um, and so that that place, and I've actually got family as well in Australia, um, so I'd like to maybe one day go and visit them. They, they'd be they'd be up there. I kind of as I said, like, I have this plan, and whether it happens or not, to be like to reach like twenty seven or twenty six. Be good financially and all that kind of stuff and be like, you know what? I'm going to take four months off and just go traveling. Um, whether that happens or not, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully there's no pandemic by then. Um, and yeah, that's the, kind of, that's the kind of plan. Because I think beforehand, I'd always kind of said, oh, I'm going to do all my traveling when I'm older. Mm. Like right now in my 20s and that, I'm going to focus on like just getting to where I want to get into my career. Like I'm still not necessarily where I want to be in my career. I want to, you know, go further. Um but I was like, that's what my focus is going to be. And then obviously the pandemic happened and I was like, oh, wow, like, I am I literally have no control. Like, maybe maybe I'll get to that point and it won't happen. And so I was kind of a bit more open to be like, oh, yeah, I should I should definitely try and go travelling a bit more mm. um, when, when, I, when I can do. That's it. It's good. I like the idea of having, um, like, an aspiration to try and hit as well, like a target. I had a, I had a goal, which was, like, 30 countries before 30. And that, oh, wow. I set that when I was, like, 21. And like the whole time, all, all through my twenties, I was thinking like, I mean, I, I got there. Lucky I'm not thirty yet, and I got there. But still, I was. <laughs> it was always nice to have that thing. So every time you went to a new place, you're like, oh, that's one more. Thank you. you know? Yeah, take it off, take it off. Yeah, because my, my, I remember my uncle. He had because um, like gr- growing up, I'd always like looked at my. I, I always looked at my uncle, my my dad, and my uncle was a big traveller. I remember he went on. He went like travelled the world for about six months, eight months or so. Uh, and I remember always when I walk into his room, he's he's a decent bit older than me. I think he's like thirteen years older. But he would have this world map on his wall and I, I've mm. never done anything but I think maybe I would do and he's got like he'd have like what are the things that you put into like a dart like a board like a, like a pins pin. yeah a pin yeah a pin yeah pins mm. and he'd have them all over all over it to where he'd like been and it'd always be like so cool being like oh my god like you've been to this country you've been to that being like a seven year old kid <laughs> to be like oh my god you've been to these you've been mm. to these and what's it like and all that <laughs> um, which which I'd like I probably will actually hopefully do one day mate thank you so much that was an absolutely no. fantastic episode really really appreciate it no worries <laughs> Good fun. Really good fun. So there we go. That was episode 30 with Zach Jalab from Football Daily and Chelsea. Really interesting conversation. Something that was uh, completely different to anything we've had on the podcast before, which is always nice. He's got a great way of talking, hasn't he? It's very like... Mm. I don't know. It sort of draws you into his positivity. He's such a happy guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I think it's really testament to what he said uh, towards the end of that podcast where he's you know talking about those experiences he's had traveling have kind of shaped him to be positive uh, and that's kind of what we love to exactly. hear on this podcast and exactly and I, I could relate a lot to his aspirations as well and the way that growing up has changed his travel aspirations so from the more european based things to thinking further afield to south america and asia is something i can definitely relate to so yeah it was really really nice to have him on now this is where we need to push our new listeners to subscribe and leave a five-star review absolutely like this is absolutely essential because if you enjoy these conversations you enjoy these chats these formats that we have on the travel talks podcast give it a five-star review give us a positive comment you know these things they seem Mm. small and insignificant but they actually play a massive role in getting the podcast out there to new listeners and also it it helps us know you know what you're enjoying what what goes down Mm. well you know what sort of conversations are of interest and we can always tailor the podcast to, to to do more stuff like that so 
It's women for both of us, basically, is what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. So if people don't know, the way that the charts work is based on new subscribers. So if you've been listening to the podcast and you've kind of stumbled across it, maybe it's for the first time today, or you've stumbled across it but haven't hit subscribe yet, please do. Because if you hit subscribe and it's a big day where we get a big influx of subscribers, we can climb those charts and fly all the way up to number one, which is a personal goal for ours, I would say, for 2021. And next week on the podcast is another bonus episode where Alex and I will be talking about a great travel topic. Uh, really getting deep into it and discussing it putting the world yep. to rights another head-to-head <laughs> to see who comes on top of there and earns that crucial win towards the tallies <laughs> by the end of the season uh, and a hypothetical situation so lots of good stuff to talk about lots to for you guys to get involved in as well most importantly but yeah that's what's happening in next week's episode so thanks as always for listening guys and we'll be back next monday with another episode 